boys, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. We are chugging along through Pride Month here, halfway through, a little over halfway through now at this point, but uh, it's it's been an amazing one. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know, I'm just... I feel a little awkward in the opening of the show this week just because of uh, just so much going on, but it's just amazing to have so much going on, you know. Um, obviously, this week our guest, a a huge guest for the for the show, someone who I have been very excited to watch rise in their still very young career in pro wrestling, one Black Excellence, Devon Monroe. Deathmatch Devon, however you want to, um, whatever nickname you want to bestow upon him, he has been doing so, so well um, in so many companies, you know, from First Wrestling, Minnesota, all the work he's done with Butch vs. Gore and the Big Gate Brunch shows, and now, you know, jumping over to GCW and JCW, and coming up this this weekend um, at Black Wrestlers Matter 2, competing in the number one contendership match to the newly created Black Wrestlers Matter Championship. Um, he's got a lot going on uh, and much deserved, and I'm very happy that we had the chance to, to chat with him this week, and that conversation is outstanding. And we'll get there in just a second, but I did want to hit a few things because, like I said, there's a lot going on this Pride Month in terms of the LGBTQ wrestling scene. Of course, we've seen an, a number of people come out in the first week or so of uh, Pride Month, and then we got our first like real heavy hitter of a pro wrestling Pride event at Fear the Gay Agenda down at No Peace Underground in Orlando on the 11th, and my god, what a show. Everything from top to bottom. Billy Dixon and Ashton Starr opening it up. Ashton, I, I hope that your tooth is okay. Uh, Billy, I'm glad that the I'm glad that the cut finally closed. Um to Dark Sheik and Trisha Dora, MV Young's Polyam <laughs> Twink Gauntlet of Death being uh usurped in that in that role. Uh, by uh, Jay Vidal at the end there, with so many memorable memorable moments in that match alone. I saw your wreck with that thumbtack nerf gun, Satu Jin just running roughshod over people, TVs getting thrown around, um, just pure madness at times. And then of course you got to see the the allies match, Odinson and Zicky Dice in a uh, pup collar match that. Um, <laughs> I didn't really know what to expect this time around, but uh, it delivered. Uh, I hope that Ziki is okay. <laughs> um, and having the chance to see uh, MSP for the first time since both Danger Kid and Aiden Agro have been out publicly part of the LGBTQ community in the way that they are, to come through and, and stand across from Culture Inc. and really deliver uh, a, a completely different match but one that was so exciting and so just full of charisma and character it was just outstanding to see um all four involved in that match were just amazing and of course it's all capped off by the main event Pero and Effie in the last daddy standing match 
this did not disappoint. Uh, whenever I had Pero on the show uh, a couple weeks back, um, you know, he promised some big, big things. And my God, did he deliver. Uh, what a match. Flaming panes of glass, doors, chairs, light tubes, the streets of Orlando, suplexes on concrete, just all-out assaults on, on one another in that match. And what a poignant story and scene. And the response to the show has been outstanding coming out of it. Even having Mick Foley there on the on the intro was amazing, and and to see that, that Mick has continued putting that message out post the show, is is awesome to see, um, and yeah, all I mean all around like it proved what it wanted to prove that you know queer wrestlers can do everything that that anybody else can do, and a queer deathmatch show. I'm waiting for the uh, I'm waiting for the next one. I I I want another one soon. Um, obviously everybody heal up, please, but. Um, it was just amazing. It, it was breathtaking at, at many points in the night. And if you haven't seen the show, definitely go check it out on IWTV. It's it's outstanding. Um, that being said, moving on, we do have other Pride events still on the books here coming up. Of course, Dark Sheik has Fearless um, coming up on the 25th. You have uh, Black Girl Magic on the 26th. Coming up this weekend, we have a whole weekend full of Juneteenth shows that feature queer talent on there. Of course, Devon is on Black Lives Matter 2. You have the Ohio Triple Threat um, where you're going to have people like Billy Dixon and AC Mack and O'Shea Edwards over, over there on those shows um, this weekend as well. And of course, Full Queer, the uh, the show being put on by uh, Marvelous Marco Rodriguez, D-Rogue, and Chusey Finau um, over um, in the Bay Area on the 20th, uh, that's going to be outstanding. I, I I really how they're like how they're shaping up that tournament for the Prince X of Pride Championship, um, and of course, this is all kind of leading up to uh, July 10th with Paris is bumping Solid Gold 21, another show that Devon is going to be on. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's jam packed, and of course. There's stuff outside the ring also. We had the debut of uh, the Cassius Pride of Brighton documentary, which, you know, highlighted one of the most vibrant and exciting wrestlers on the British scene right now in Cassius, the current Riptide Wrestling Pride of Brighton champion. That documentary was just all around f- fun in a lot of ways. And, you know, it, had, it definitely had Cassius highlighting some of the, the tribulations uh, that he's gone through you know, early in his career, finding himself in the ring, embracing his 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 queer identity in the ring through pro wrestling, and and to see the rise, his quick rise, through Riptide Wrestling, to that Pride of Brighton Championship, and having just the way that they they ended up shooting the match for this for this documentary, the final with him and and Matt Hurt was just, uh, it was the. Watching the live show enough was um, captivating, but the way that this one was delivered made it that much more. Um, if you haven't checked it out, that's on IWTV as well. <laughs> so you got a lot of stuff to check out. Also, season finale of uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling's No Hook was uh, Wednesday night, and so you got a whole season of that to go back and binge if you haven't caught it up yet. So there's there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and you know. I'm glad that we're I'm able to have the people on the show during this very very busy month 
that they're taking the time to sit down and and chat about their experiences in pro wrestling and to chat about what they have coming up and and just to share a bit of themselves with all of us it's it's amazing i I love being able to be in this chair and and you know be part of that and provide that every week here so yeah it's it's a blast um and one more thing before we get to my conversation with devon uh, I just want to do a very quick um Shout out to Don't Die Miles. Um, obviously, he and his family are in a very um, tough circumstance right now with the uh, the passing of his mother. And we here at the show, um, we send our condolences to Don't Die Miles and, and his family. Um, yeah, it, it's, it sucks, but you just know that Miles, um, you are in our hearts, and that you know you do whatever you need to do, and you know you have a pro wrestling family that has your back. You have people outside of the ring that have your back. So many fans, so many people that that know um, just how amazing you are, and so how so what such a positive influence you are as well. So um, you have a whole community at your back and ready whenever you're ready so um, condolences to them uh, yeah uh, with that being said let's um there's no real good way to tr- transition I guess but um let's uh let's get into our conversation with Devon Monroe what's up guys gals and non-binary pals welcome back to lgbt in the ring and i'm very excited to have as my guest this week a returning guest uh it's been a little bit we've been wanting to have him back on the show and glad we're able to make it work this time around um you know him from so many places first wrestling butch versus gore effie's big gay brunch um even no peace underground at this point um getting some deathmatch work in there um but you will see him next on black wrestlers matter 2 coming up this weekend as part of a big juneteenth pro wrestling weekend here in the middle of pride month black sexellence devon monroe welcome back to lgbt in the ring thank you for having me i'm so excited <laughs> Oh, I'm excited as well. Like I, I really enjoyed like having you on as part of our like roundtable last year around the same mm-hmm. time, um, yeah. talking about all the issues around the George Floyd and the the, the mood in Minneapolis mm-hmm. where where you are. And you know, yeah. glad to have you back to talk more about your experience in pro wrestling because absolutely, it's been amazing to watch you rise. Like you've only been in the business for like three years at this point. And yeah, you've already made such a large name for yourself. Uh, already it's just been wild to watch um and you know for me like the first time that that i saw you was actually at the rise pride and joy show um oh, and, yeah. and that was uh that that uh doors match that that you had mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a wild way oh, to introduce uh you introduce you to me but at the same mm-hmm. time like you instantly like you there's just something about you your charisma just draws you out of a crowd and so so many oh yeah and so many people (laughs) are noticing it now that you're like all over the place at this point Mm -hmm. so many different places thank you Um, but most notably coming up this week like we said at the top there the black wrestlers Mm -hmm. matter 2 show 
um, mm-hmm. something that you were on last year and, and you're coming back to be part of again this year. What does it yes. mean to you to be involved in a show like that that has such a significance when it comes to highlighting uh, wrestlers mm-hmm. of color? Oh, goodness. I think it's so important to me. I think it's so crazy um, that in 2021, we're even able, you know, to do something like this. We're able to put out a show where literally everyone is Black and we're celebrating everyone Black. The wrestlers, the referees, everyone backstage, you know, the announcers, everyone is Black. Um, And we're going to celebrate that this Juneteenth. I have a a four-way with uh, Queen B. Brooke Valentine, Camaro Jackson, and Mike Outlaw for the number one contendership for the Black (laughs) Wrestlers Matter Championship. So I'm very excited for that. No, that's a very eclectic mix of people too. Like Queen Mm -hmm. B. Brooke Valentine has been another one that is just, I've been, it's been a joy to watch her over the past couple of years as well. Mike Outlaw feels like someone who will just beat the tar out of you. In, mm-hmm. in the best way possible and um yeah. I, camaro is probably the one that i've seen the the least amount of but what i have mm-hmm. seen though like can go mm-hmm. so oh, yes he's a powerhouse yes <laughs> for sure so it's a really fun mix that that's going to be in in this match what was it like for you whenever mm-hmm. you found out that you were going to be competing for the number one contendership to this new championship yeah, being a part of the number one contendership is something that kind of I'm over the moon about. I know the last show I went one-on-one with Faye Jackson, um, and I won over her. So it's kind of great that this time go around, um, I'm getting an opportunity to go for the gold. So that'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. And that belt. The silver, rather. The silver smoker. I'm and, sorry. Oh, is that is that is that the nickname that, that is garnered at this point? Yes, because there's no gold. And the Black Christmas Matter Championship, it is silver. We yes. call her the silver smoker. That is a very pretty championship belt, too. And it will fit yes. beautifully around the waist of either JDX or Frontman Ja, whoever Ooh. comes out of that match. Which I is can't be wait. A banger. Oh. <laughs> No, but um, you spoke about the first show last year. Obviously, yeah, you mm-hmm. went in there. You defeated Faye Jackson in that match. You had yeah. Sonny Kiss in your corner um, mm-hmm. for that match as well. Um, and it was notable, like, because, you know, obviously you and Brooke were both there, and you were mm-hmm. both part of the, the queer community, and it was important yep. to have queer people of color on that show. Uh, yeah. And you two were the, were the face of that for that one. This time mm-hmm. around, there's more. Absolutely. You know, Russell yep. Rose is on the show. I believe there's a few yes. people as well. So, yep. what is it like for you to see that? You know, not only is this show that is kind of carving out a spot for wrestlers of color, mm-hmm. but um, making space and and making it purposeful to make space for queer wrestlers of color as well to be on the show. Yo, absolutely. I think it's wonderful. I think it's great to represent, um, you know, that there are Black people out here that have intersecting identities. I think it's great that, you know, the crowd can see that. Um, You know, there's people who are Black and gay, there's people who are Black and lesbian. We all, you know, are different and we come from different backgrounds. Um, So it's going to be pretty awesome to, you know, for myself, Brooke and Russell, you know, to be that representation this Saturday. For sure. Is there any difference in approach um, or or reaction or thought process going into this one as opposed to the last one since you, you know, have done this at least one time around for, for yeah. this show in particular? I think this show in particular definitely just hits a little closer to the heart. Um, so, you know, in terms of my preparing, you know, I think I'm preparing more a little emotionally versus, you know, physically and, you know, mentally. Um, but all in all, it's just going to be a celebration and I just can't wait for us all to be together and to make this pop off. (laughs) In in what way are you like kind of preparing emotionally? Like, is is there a certain aspect of of this show in particular that's like touching you in a different way? 
Um, I wouldn't say just there's anything in particular. Um, you know, just like I said earlier, just the fact that we're able to, you know, pull something like this off. Um, you know, in wrestling, black people aren't really usually the feature. We aren't, you know, the main, you know, feature most time. Um, so I think it's great that this show is going to showcase that not only can we be the main feature, but there's multiple, there's multiple, there's multiple stars, um, more than one of us that can be that main feature in this business. No, that's definitely for sure. <laughs> that was on display last year. It's been on display in many places mm -hmm. since then. Been on display. Been so here. much so. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so much so that like not like Black Wrestlers Matter 2 is not the only Juneteenth show that's happening this year around. Mm -hmm. Like you have the Ohio Triple Threat where you're going to have more like three shows yeah. in one night featuring all Black talent. And as yep. well there, you have queer Black talent on those shows as well. Yes. Um. Do you feel like seeing like the expansion of this idea mm -hmm. coming out of the show last year and, and mm -hmm. being brought to other places, do you feel like this is sort of like a same kind of cultural movement point in the same way that we've seen the rise of queer pro wrestling over the past few years? Um, yes, I feel that. Um, that and I just feel like, you know, there's like I said earlier, there's so many stars, there's so many of us that are out there and that have talent um, and we're not all going to fit, you know, on one show. So I think it's awesome that like, you know, people are expanding and there's going to be multiple, you know, shows that showcase us. There's so many of us. <laughs> no, it, it's awesome to see. And that also mm -hmm. kind of brings me to you beyond the For the Culture show, the mm -hmm. first one there. It seems like if there's like a, a flashpoint for like prominently featuring um wrestlers of color you mm -hmm. end up showing up at some point <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i've been i've been blessed i will say that it's been awesome <laughs> talk to me a little bit about for the culture like compared to like black wrestlers matter because obviously that came after mm -hmm. that first show um and right. you know i feel like you know, I obviously I don't know either of the people behind mm -hmm. those shows yep. personally, but I sure. feel like AJ Gray has um, a a certain outlook on on mm -hmm. how to put those shows together in a way compared compared to John West. Um, I, but I just, that's just me speculating. How do you feel yeah. like the comparison between those being on those two shows and working with with those two creators? Um, I mean, I guess it was just, I mean, it's all about the talent. I mean, just, you know, showcasing, you know, all of us. I didn't really think there was a, you know, a difference in the way it was run. Um, maybe the platform, you know, obviously Game Changer Wrestling had a bigger platform, you know, overall. Um, but to me, yeah, it all felt, it was all love. <laughs> no, that's, that's mm -hmm. awesome to hear. I feel like that's what, yeah. it, what it communicated through the mm -hmm. screen and, and everything. Yes. There's a lot of emotion on both shows, I feel. Yes, uh, mm -hmm, absolutely. It's definitely carrying forward. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess like for you in particular, like what whenever you look at Black Wrestlers Matter 2, mm -hmm. um, what do you f hope is kind of the takeaway for, for people whenever they, they watch this pay-per-view coming up this weekend? What do I want to be the takeaway? For me personally... Um, I just want people to take away the fact that there's, um, yes, we're all black, but there's just, there's so many different flavors. Um, our differences are our strengths. Our strengths are what make us stars. Uh, I just, 
I just want I just want people to take away that you know black people we are stars like I just feel like we just deserve so much more um uh, within this community within this business and god damn this Juneteenth I just want us to pop off like we're about to show the world no take away I, that black people are stars hell yeah Oh, I could, I could definitely get behind that idea. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you bring up like the the, the diverse perspectives and diverse identities mm-hmm. within the community because I feel like, yeah, you know, a lot of people that are that I've spoken to and that a lot of people mm-hmm. that have spoken to like marginalized or underrepresented communities within pro wrestling mm-hmm. continually yeah. remind people that those communities are not monolithic. And right. there are so many different thought processes and so many different perspectives within them that it's a, it mm-hmm. does it a disservice to just label, you know, put put a generalized label on on that in that way. Is right, that yeah. something that that has resonated with you as well? That that you had to like kind of remind people about to not look at this as like one central thing that has like the mm-hmm. same driving force behind it. Could you reiterate that for me? Yeah. Please? So like basically. Do, is there what do you say whenever people kind of lump um like the concept of like wrestlers of color or yeah pro wrestlers together as mm-hmm. like one perspective one ideal that doesn't have like this diverse nature right to it? yeah um gosh i don't really know i guess from the outside from the outside looking in i mean we get this a lot i can kind of you know throw out some examples within the queer black wrestling community um, you know, we get compared often, you know, from the outside looking in, uh, people like to say that, you know, we're the same, there's no differences. Um, but I know that myself, I'm not, you know, Sonny Kiss. Sonny Kiss is not Saint Sinclair. Saint Sinclair is not Billy Dixon. We are not the same. Um, so I, I guess I don't really just, I don't really understand that. Like <laughs> how people can like kind of look at us and kind of try and lump us together when, you know, we do have our individualities and things that make us, you know, separate. Mm-hmm. Does it frustrate mm-hmm. you or make you seem like you're like less visible uh, because of that? I wouldn't say it makes me see uh, seem less visible. Um, it is a little frustrating, but at the end of the day, it just you know makes us work harder. You know, um, you know more tur- turmoil, turmoil. If I'm saying that word right, <laughs> to go out there and prove that you know we can kick ass. No, and and honestly, you you and so many other people in within those communities have been doing that for for some time mm-hmm. now, um, yeah. and I do want to talk about some of like the the real interesting points in in your career. But um, mm-hmm. like we do on this show, we did typically like yeah. to rewind a little bit and go for back sure. to the beginning. So mm-hmm. Devon Monroe, please tell me um, when was the first time that that you saw pro wrestling, and when did it like kind of sink its teeth into you? Oh my gosh, <laughs> gotta go way back. Um, I feel like my first um kind of like rumblings of pro wrestling um came from like my older cousin. Um, he was a huge fan. You know, he had all the action figures, all like the playsets and the video games. So, you know, anytime I went over my aunt's house, I would always you know watch with him. Um, I uh, when did I start getting into it myself? I kind of watched for a, a short you know while, maybe you know in two thousand ten. Um, but there was a short period I actually was not allowed to watch wrestling. Because oh, really? <laughs> I, I ended up, I tried, um, you know, I put a wrestling move on my sister and ended up, you know, hurting her. And my parents were like, okay, you need to not, you're not allowed to watch wrestling. Um, we're cutting it off. <laughs> um, but growing up, I always loved, you know, uh, when my cousin played the video games, I loved Victoria. I loved playing as Victoria and watching her. Um, I loved our truth When I got back into it after, you know, my initial ban, I, I got 
you know, hooked onto Naomi. Naomi was a huge influence. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of just how I, you know, got into wrestling. I'd love the divas. <laughs> what was it about uh like Na- what was it about Victoria and Naomi and our truth that that drew you to them? Goodness, I would just say Naomi and R-Truth specifically just being able to just see just other black stars on the TV um, kind of resonated with me. Um, they were athletic, you know, they moved smooth in the ring. They were goddamn good. And I kind of just saw, you know, a lot of myself, you know, in them. Victoria, I don't know. I just kind of just, that was just, <laughs> I just enjoyed her femininity. I just loved, you know, the way she moved, the way she did her entrance. Um, the video games, I always felt like I had to be the girl. I don't know why. I never took any girl and a guy wrestlers, but anytime I just uh, played the video games, I would always choose her. No, Victoria definitely had a vibe, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I was a, a big fan of hers as well um, yeah. during that time period as well. Like, mm-hmm. and honestly, like the the Naomi and our and our truth influences, you can see mm-hmm. that in in your own work because you're yeah. very athletic in the ring and you Thank bring you. a lot of personality and both of them bring a ton mm-hmm. of personality to their in-ring persona. Was that yeah. something that whenever you started kind of getting this inkling of an idea of mm-hmm. training that, that, that jumped out at you as something that mm-hmm. might influence you? Yeah, definitely. I always um, kind of just going into training. I definitely, you know, stick to moves that, you know, were flashy and that kind of showed off my athleticism and speed um you know and that's something that I definitely I would say grabbed you know right from Naomi and our truth <laughs> kind of um coming up and when mm-hmm. I got into the independence and discovered Sunny Kiss that's something that I you know I grabbed from my sis as well just kind of just you know the way she moved her fluidity so just that's just amazing <laughs> no like it, it all it all fits really well together because like it, if you look at the the package that is Devon Monroe you can draw these mm-hmm. lines to all these different people and you know yeah. hearing you talk about those people being influences it makes mm-hmm. more sense like Absolutely. It, it works so well um mm-hmm. did you play any any sports uh growing up before um, oh my god getting into pro wrestling <laughs> I um I did maybe one year of baseball and maybe one year of basketball. My parents mm-hmm. didn't really like get me into sports. It's so crazy because you know I'm you know two years into pro wrestling now. I happened to ask them the other day, you know, why didn't I ever get into sports? Like you see me, you know, I'm a wrestler. You know how I move in the ring. You know, did that never connect? And they had the nerve to tell me that growing up I was uncoordinated. Okay, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> This was a shock to me. I always thought I was, I did well in gym class, but yeah, they told me I was uncoordinated and they just didn't think that the, that sports would be my, you know, strong suit, but I had a dream. So <laughs> meanwhile, I you're out forward. here like doing lucha arm drags and spring right. and stuff. Yep. Like, totally Jumping off any and everything. Okay. Mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> but that I is interesting them. to think though, like to see how athletic you are in the ring and to think that that, mm-hmm you didn't really indulge in that background growing up until you actually yeah. went into pro wrestling training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. There's nothing. <laughs> I, I would, I would have pegged you for like having like, at least like a bit of a gymnast background or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, dancing a little, but nothing professional, just self-taught. I love dance, but that's about it. <laughs> you know what? The dancing makes total sense. Is there's a, there's a grace there. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it makes total sense now. So at what point do you decide that this is something that you want to do? I feel like when I um kind of was getting into it with my older cousin, it was something it was you know always in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, I just truly didn't. I would 
see, you know, I say this all the time, I would, you know, watch wrestling and I didn't see anyone that represented me. So it was honestly something I didn't really believe that I could do, you know, as much as I wanted to do it, I didn't believe I could. Um, so growing up, I went through, I wanted, felt like I, I went through phases of wanting to be a chef, a firefighter, a marine biologist. It was just so whack when, you know, all I truly wanted to do was wrestle. Um, it wasn't until, you know, I discovered, I always say this, when I discovered Sunny Kiss, um, that I truly started to believe that maybe this is something that I could do because, you know, seeing her, someone who was like me being successful and being good, you know, gave me the courage to go out and do this. Um, and that's kind of just the moment it all clicked, maybe sophomore year of high school. That's when I mm-hmm. kind of just was like, you know what, I got to go for this. <laughs> so mm-hmm. did you enter training like while you were still in high school? I graduated high school, um, okay. maybe one year after I graduated high school. I was okay. 19 years old. That's when I started. Um, you know, I enrolled at the academy in Minneapolis. Mm. And that is a, I, I would say, has a, a pretty good pedigree in terms of the, the teachers there, like between, you know, um, um, Eric Cannon and, yep. and and Ken Kennedy and, mm-hmm. you know, um, Oh God! Why is his name escaping me? Devari. Sean Devari. There we go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Like a lot of like you know people that have built large names mm-hmm. in this industry. Yeah. Yep. Th- that you got to learn under. What was it like for you t- whenever you realized that's who you were going to be training under? Um, it was kind of like I don't know, almost like relief. I felt mm-hmm. I didn't know about the academy. I didn't always know about the academy. So I was under, I was looking, searching schools all over the country. And I was actually thinking about maybe relocating myself to Texas, all the way from mm-hmm. Minnesota. Wow. Um, you know, as young as I was, I don't know how I would have pulled that off. But, you know, thank God I discovered the academy. Um, and it was just kind of a relief. Um, the environment there was so wonderful. Everyone was so welcoming. Um, training under Eric Cannon and Ken Anderson, you know, was so wonderful. Um, you know, and they still obviously mentor me still to this day. So I'm, I'm blessed that I found the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't surprise me at all. Like, you know, in, you know, speaking with Russell previously, he talks about yes. you know, Eric being a, a big influence, even like beyond the training aspect there. So yes. mm-hmm. what is it like, and especially with Eric's reputation in Minnesota, you know, just, yep. you know, not just being the indie darling for so many places all over the place, but building yeah. something like first wrestling there in Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. Did that kind of, did that impact you and your, in any of your um, thought processes around your own pro wrestling career and seeing like what can be built? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so awesome because um, Eric Cannon's first wrestling was actually my first kind of indie wrestling event. Ah. Um, so it's kind of like, I always say this kind of like a full circle moment, you know, experiencing that and then having, you know, turn around him be my teacher, um, you know, kind of just, you know, kind of does always give you that motivation. Um, he was actually just featured on All Elite Wrestling this week. I saw. Um, so getting to see him, you know, get that moment on TV as well was just awesome. And kind of just, yeah, I'm definitely motivated to just shoot my highest in this business. <laughs> so what was it like, like going to the like a first wrestling show and before you started training? Like, what was what did that speak to you in terms of like pushing you towards it? Oh, my gosh, I was not. So like indie wrestling was like nothing like I expected at all. Like, <laughs> What did you um, expect? I don't know what I was expecting, but I went in there. It was like the crowd is packed. I was, we were packed like sardines, but it was wonderful. Um, everything was loud, slams, everything. I don't know. That was just, it was awesome. 
Oh my god. No, like that's it's interesting to see like how that that path took you like in discovering mm. that and then ending up learning from Eric and then yeah. now going out and like blazing your own trail in in the way yeah. that you are. Um is that something that you felt empowered to, at, at the academy to do because like there's been a lot of people that have come out of the academy that have mm-hmm. you know burst onto the scene at very young ages like yourself yes. airwolf dante martin yeah. um mm-hmm. you know i don't know if airwolf and dante martin are the same person i might have gotten like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, yeah they're all the separate people yeah exactly because like all the mm-hmm. different changes in names all over the place with the AEW yeah. contracts so but like th- yeah. there's been a number of people that have come out of that that area mm-hmm. and have um, like hit the ground running is that do you yeah. feel like that's something that's specific to the academy or something that you felt empowered um, coming out of that God. i think it's just um Part of it is just the environment. First and foremost, honestly, just getting, you know, training from Ken Anderson to Eric Cannon, uh, you know, two of the best. So like, you know, we already have, you know, that pedigree, you know, under us. Um, so that's great. I think just the general environment, we all, you know, the school hasn't been around long. So we're all so young. We're all kind of trying to push each other um, to get each other to that upper echelon. I know just, you know, recently we have, you know, Julia Hart being featured on AEW, um, you know, weekly, we have JDX killing it on the scene. I feel like so many of us are starting to kind of hit our stride, um, you know, in terms of figuring out, you know, who we are and, you know, what we can offer, you know, in this business. And I think that's just so wonderful to see. Love oh. it for my academy brothers and sisters. <laughs> oh, it is amazing just to see like the, the, the pool of talent that has come out of that school already and to know that there's just more that's going to be coming it's outstanding to see yes all right yens thank you so much for tuning into lgbt in the ring Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things but i do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is starting off with daniel quasar the progress pride flag designed by daniel quasar is a product of progress initiative you can find out more at quasar.digital a big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahandthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get a five-day free trial and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get five days free. Check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBT RingPod. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. So 
like I said before, the first time that I was introduced to Black Excellence was mm-hmm. at uh, Rise Pride and Joy, which is also one of the first like big Pride cards. Um, yeah. A years back. So talk to me a little mm-hmm. bit about that experience. Oh um, my goodness. I was so, oh, I don't even think I was a year in. I don't even think I was a year wrestling. And um, I kind of just, it was something that I had scrolled past on Twitter. So I was kind of just looking, hey, you know, um, Pride and Joy, this is an event that's going to be happening. Um, and there was a seminar, um, you know, kind of ad. And, you know, it's Cassandra. Cassandra was facilitating a seminar and there was going to be, you know, two standouts chosen to compete on that show. So, you know, I live in Minnesota, which is about a six hour drive from Chicago. So not too far. Um, I kind of had in the back of my mind, I wasn't, you know, you know, too keen on it um, just because I was so new. I didn't have the confidence. I didn't think that, you know, um, I could. But um, um, the promoter um, who ended up who actually gave me my first match, he, you know, told me, like, you know, what are you doing sitting at home? Like, this is an opportunity, uh, (laughs) a pride show. They're looking for LGBTQ talent and they want you. Like, why would you just sit at home? So I got the car together and we went. Um, I participated in the seminar and Kevin Harvey ended up telling me, uh, you know, that day that, hey, we're going to have you, we don't know what we're going to have you a part of yet, but we're going to have you a part of the pay-per-view in some way. Um, Mm. So showing up next day, finding out that I was going to be a part of that, you know, Doris match along with Priscilla Kelly, Jake Atlas, um, and Elena Black, it was, it was outrageous. It was just an outrageous moment. And I'm just so glad that, you know, I have that chapter a part of my story. Oh yeah, and, and I want to get talk a little bit more about the the match and the, the event itself. But yeah, I have, to, I have to ask, like, what was it like to learn under Cassandro for a day? Oh my goodness, it was absolutely wonderful. That legend, he uh, he did not take it easy on us. Let's say that was, <laughs> I would uh, not Cassandro, expect him to. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Mother put us to work. Um, I loved it. It was wonderful. We did you know some drills outside. We did some wonderful you know lucha um, techniques in the ring. Um, and it was wonderful. Cassandra's such a sweetheart. <laughs> and seeing like how much lucha you've implemented into your own style, was that something mm-hmm. like seeing that Cassandra was running that? Was that something that mm-hmm. spoke to you even more? I think so. Yeah, he definitely uh, handed out some tips and tricks that you know I kind of like to pop in my arsenal every now and again. Um, but I just like kind of just the general motion, you know, of lucha overall, just the different arm drags and techniques. Um, the fluidity the way the body moves that's just something that I'm me being long and lanky <laughs> I, uh, I definitely like sticking to for sure oh no it, it definitely it definitely works for you Thank um you. yeah so the actual show like you get into the doors match and mm-hmm. and you know that's it's, a, it's an outstanding fight uh Jake Atlas mm-hmm. comes out on top but so yeah. much the, like that match along with a few other like moments from that show like mm-hmm. I feel like almost if not kickstarted were major points in the rise of uh queer pro wrestling mm-hmm. over the past yep. few years like obviously like mm-hmm. your match was was outstanding you had Nyla yep. and Sunny there like yeah. being like a, a right after they had been signed to AEW yeah. um Cassandro and Mercedes Martinez was an outstanding mm-hmm. match. And then yes. you had the Effie promo that everybody uh-huh. goes back to as, yep. as like a catalyst for a lot of people to really just kind of take the means of production onto themselves and carve out mm-hmm. spaces in that way. You yes. being so young in the business at that point, mm-hmm. what was it like for you to like see all of this stuff happening in one place uh, on an afternoon there in Chicago during Goodness. the Goodness. Oh my goodness, it was so, 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 so wonderful. Um, to me, it gave me a feeling of like, 
like, damn, I feel like I couldn't have come in, broke into the business, like at a better way. Like mm-hmm. we're at a turning point, not, you know, only in our community, but, you know, in this business, um, you know, Effie's promo in particular, you know, it was, you know, stop booking gay talent just in June. Don't book us just on Pride Month. You should be booking us year round because we're here, we have the talent and we're your stars. We've proven that time and time again. Um, so that was just wonderful. Just being in the midst of all of that. I just felt like I was meant to be there. Mm. Now, for yourself, whenever you were entering pro wrestling, did you always mm-hmm. did you always aim to have your um, your LGBTQ identity so forward facing in terms of the persona, or or was that something that you thought long and hard about? Oh goodness, I wouldn't say I thought long and hard about it, but I also wouldn't say it's something that you know I intentionally tried to push you know forward. It kind of just was came naturally. Um, like I said, the environment at the Academy was so very welcoming. And so, you know, you know, I never, you know, had an issue. Um, so coming from training and, you know, you know, being myself, being comfortable kind of translated into the ring and it's, I've just been myself from day one. (laughs) It's been (laughs) wonderful. It's been wonderful that everyone's been so kind of, you know, um, I'm fortunate that I haven't, you know, had any negative, you know, experiences as far as that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, and obviously that's like the way that we want it to be. We don't, yeah, we don't want course. to have yep. those things because you know we don't, we don't want trauma to define us as nope. a community. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> Not but, at all. no, but it's amazing to see like going back and, and watching you on that show, you start, I don't mm-hmm. know if you had already kind of been thinking about the black sex excellence idea for yeah. the character or because like you weren't introduced that way on on that show. But you could see like elements already Mm -hmm. there because it was very much just you. It's just like genuinely you. Um, Mm -hmm. Was that something that talk to me a little bit about developing like the Black Sexcellence idea? Mm -hmm. Because the nickname is outstanding. Yeah, for sure. It's it's endearing. Um, Yes. But it also, I don't know. It feels like it's almost a way of even Mm -hmm. more so embracing your own personality and identity. In, in, Absolutely. in your pro wrestling identity. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I think just black sexiness is just more about kind of just me embracing my identity. You know, I'm black, I'm gay, I'm sexy, I'm confident. I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna uh, show off. I'm gonna show you what I can do. Um, and I'm gonna be the baddest. I think, um, especially these last few months, I've just been kind of having fun, um, kind of thinking more about who black sexiness is, um, kind of just, you know, figuring that out. So I'm excited. Uh, see what the next few months has for me i've been brainstorming <laughs> so coming out of the the rise show and and mm-hmm. heading further into your first year in the business mm-hmm. obviously i would imagine that getting booked onto first wrestling was mm-hmm. a a big deal for you considering yeah. the importance that that held for you what was it like for you yeah. whenever eric came to you and was like we want you on one of our on one of his shows Oh my goodness. I thought it was a, I thought it was a joke at first. Um, and initially came to me as a message. I, li- I didn't, it was just, I just something that I wasn't expecting. Um, let's see. I think I had been about a year in at this point. Um, and we were doing kind of just our, like our out, uh, first wrestling generally does kind of some outdoor shows. Um, occasionally just different fairs sometimes. Um, you know, we just, uh, we were very heel heavy. We needed some you know, we needed some new faces to sh- uh, pop up. So, you know, he's, you know, messaged me and he said, hey, why don't you join us for this go around? And it's, it's been a blast ever since. 
<laughs> no, and like there's been some very memorable moments with with you there that have been really fun mm-hmm. to watch, and it's Absolutely. been awesome to see first embrace the queer community as well. You know, yeah, not just through absolutely. the talent that they feature, but you know, mm-hmm. being one of those companies that while it doesn't have queer leadership behind it, yeah, it does genuinely embrace the queer community. You know, mm-hmm. during Pride Month and beyond. Yes. Um, what is it like for you to see like someone outside of the queer community? like fully embrace the the community mm-hmm. in the way that that Eric and the team there does um I think it's so awesome to see it's just you know you know people need to see that you know there's talent you know of different backgrounds um I think it's so great it also is a testament to see how diverse the talent in Minnesota and kind of in the Midwest is getting because you know you know for a while Minnesota didn't really have any you know queer performers um Russell Rogue was coming up um you know, Russell Rowe, um, you know, might have been the only one kind of just in this general area. Um, you know, I came along, I think we're just kind of just starting to spread our wings. I think it's great that First Wrestling is uh, representing us in that way. <laughs> and speaking mm-hmm. of spreading your wings, like you both mm-hmm. did that big time with the first Butch versus Score show last year. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about that because that show that was-, was wild. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was um awesome because uh prior to that at pride and joy we'll actually circle back to that is where we actually met um lo um lo was one of the um proponents of butch versus gore who actually came and ran that with billy dixon so um we met them um in chicago um so it was great to have them kind of have that connection with me and russell so we flew out to dc we did that together um and just to be a part of that whole i think that was probably the first time that we were probably in a primarily you know lgbtq um, locker room, getting to meet so many, you know, faces that I had already looked up to that I already seen tons of your matches. I've been watching you for years. It was just awesome for both of us. <laughs> what was it like for you in, in that environment, having a predominantly mm-hmm. queer locker room in that way? Because, you know, I've, I've spoken to other mm-hmm. people that are like, you know, whenever they're the only queer person in a locker room, mm-hmm. it has a very, very different feel. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a different level of openness and, and comfort that comes with yes. the locker rooms at those events. What was that? What was that like for you? Absolutely. I would say, um, you know, that locker room versus, you know, a typical, let's say, Minnesota locker room. Um, I'd say Minnesota definitely is a little bit more lonely. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of have to tread light, you know, can't really, you know, get too comfortable. Um, but being in that locker room, it was just awesome to just kind of just be conversational, just not, you know, everyone, there was no cold shoulders. Everyone was just you know, loving each other. And it was just awesome. Mm. Mm. No, like that, that show, I feel like if, if, if Pride and Joy was a, a flashpoint, that mm-hmm. show was a, a rocket ship, I, I feel like. And we've yeah. seen the fruits of that labor. Like Billy's been doing so much that you've been, and you've been involved with those shows. Yeah, Effie has yeah. done so much that you've been involved with. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. want to talk to you a little bit about some of that involvement because yep. last October you entered the Twink Gauntlet mm-hmm. for the second time. Um, yes. Yes. Which uh, that that first time bomb one was very interesting to go back and, yeah. and, and watch um, after the the second one. I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. it's there's just, it's such an interesting idea behind it. Yeah. And of course you're the only Twink that has ever survived Paro at this point. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. So talk to me. Jay Vidal surviving MV just this past weekend. I know oh. MV had his own version. <laughs> yes. Yes. We've got, we've, I mean, it's just, it's awesome to see. And I, I am very curious considering like your history with that match type. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, whether it be the original with Effie's or you go in there with Paro, what was it like for yeah. you to be part of the big gay brunch festivities there? And what does the, the, well, I'll answer that one first and I'll come back to the Twin Gauntlet. Um, goodness. I feel like I've said this like 10 times already, but it was <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> well, but it truly was. Um, I think, um, first and foremost, uh, LGBTQ talent being able to get a platform, you know, on Game Changer Wrestling like that, first and foremost, was just wonderful. Um, we needed to be seen. I think the fact that we had an entire show dedicated to us and we had, you know, matches showcasing us, that was wonderful. Um, that Twin Gauntlet was something, you know, outrageous. Uh, I love Pair with Death. <laughs> Pair was a lot of fun. Um, super scary, though. That big guy. Uh, but that was the energy was electric. I know we were kind of just like in the, you know, still kind of um things were kind of slightly opening up you know from the pandemic um but you know the energy was still there it was just an awesome all-around cool event mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. did being in in that version of the twink gauntlet compare to the one at time bomb obviously the one in time bomb was like no ring yeah more of like a no ring death match atmosphere uh -huh. um yeah. how, did, how did those two experiences compare to you to you um definitely very very different like you said the first one didn't have a ring um I felt the crowd obviously a little closer in the first one too. There's a little bit more kind of crowd interaction, <laughs> crowd hands-on, they're louder because um, they're right in your face. Um, whereas the, you know, the twin gauntlet, you know, and game changer wrestling, that felt a little bit more formal, um, you know, in the ring. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the main difference. Like you said, yeah. Like, I feel like the first one's a little wilder. I was, you know, doing a DDT off the wall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we were getting crazy in there. <laughs> no, like it was. It, it, it looked like fun. I'll say that mm -hmm. much. Um, sure. But I, I am curious. Coming out, like talking about like the no ring style of that one. Mm -hmm. One aspect of of you that I did not think I would see was mm -hmm. Devon Monroe in No Peace Underground. Yeah. Um, not to say that you that I didn't expect that you couldn't pull it off. I just hadn't really right. thought about you in that context. But you know, yep. shame on me because you and no. Kita had a a great match that was completely different from anything that I'd seen at No Peace before. <laughs> you and Thank Jamie you. killed it. Um, and then at Shallow Graves, like just wild. Oh. My God, Thank you. <laughs> all the chaos around that. I just forgot that one happened. That just happened, yeah. <laughs> like all the chaos around that show, just having to like move everything around and, and, mm -hmm. and, and like having that just basically in like a parking garage almost. Right, oh my goodness. Yeah, like what, awesome. what, how did you and No Peace end up like linking up? Gosh, I don't know. Like coming up, like I would always say no, no ring, like not, not yet. <laughs> I'm not ready for anything like that yet, you know. But um, my show with Kida, that actually was Jamie Senegal's kind of kind of deal. They kind of had her um, kind of helping with the booking. So she kind of came in and, you know, we were close. We were, she said, hey, do you want to come in? You know, do a no ring match? And I said, girl, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can do all that. You know, I'll give it a try. You know, I'll come and give it a try. Um, but I, I'm so grateful for No Peace Underground because everyone there is so sweet. Um, so welcoming as well. So it was awesome that I've been there multiple times now. So as I'm getting more comfortable with that style and I, I love, not that I hate to say it, I love it. Like I, I enjoy just kind of doing the hardcore, you know, working with doors, chairs, all that. Like it's been so much fun. Oh yeah. And like coming <laughs> off of there, they just had the Fear of the Gay Agenda show, which was outstanding. Mm -hmm. We talked about that a little bit earlier with, with, yes. with uh, Jay. 
Um, talk to me a little bit about um, the match with Kita a little bit more, because mm-hmm. when I say that, like, it's something that I hadn't really seen in an OP setting is the fact that, yeah. one, it's two queer men of color wrestling mm-hmm. at, at, at an OP show, but also it seemed like the entire match was worked around the fact that Kita wanted you to kiss him. Yeah. And I love <laughs> the fact that something so explicitly LGBTQ was the center of a no ring death match in the way that it right. was. Yep. <laughs> like, that was uh that was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, Kita, you know, wanted some sugar. Uh I had to give him <laughs> some black sexulence and uh yeah, uh we shut it down. That was a lot of fun. Um that was my first time meeting Kita and getting to do that with him. I think that was uh I can't remember if that was his first no ring. I think it was. Um, but regardless that was fun having that debut with him no like was that was the the was the idea for like how like working the match around like something Mm -hmm. so explicitly queer was that something that immediately came to mind whenever you went down there or was that something with like implement some like working with jamie at all or like where did the idea come from that was just something that kind of just you know popped up you know we kind of just were like you know trying to figure out you know what we wanted to go out and beat each other's asses with but um <laughs> it kind of just popped up hey why don't we you know blah, 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 do this um i'll shake a little ass you you know blow a little kiss and we'll figure it out <laughs> that's how it came about um it's been so fun doing this no ring stuff i think it's just just the beauty of it all it's just it's something that like you know they wouldn't expect from devon you know that's kind of just been the fun of it all um doing something different stepping out of my comfort zone and i hope i have more opportunities <laughs> so i'm guessing you're feeling a little bit more comfortable with the the deathmatch devon nickname that started mm-hmm. going during that yes. match. <laughs> who knows i might take a few lights i don't know i don't know I, I don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know like billy and ashton they 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 definitely threw oh, some God. light tubes they around I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. No, <laughs> they they went off. That was a wonderful, wonderful match. No, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Well, speaking of Billy, though, like I think the next thing coming mm-hmm. up for you that's big and major after this mm-hmm. weekend's show with Black Wrestlers Matter is yes. Paris is bumping Solid Gold mm-hmm. Twenty One. You know, yes. it's, it's uh, what is it? Peach versus Peeper. It's you and Eel O'Neal one on one, and we are oh we at this show are very proud to be sponsoring that match. So thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> I am over the moon for this. I think Paris is bumping is going to be a wonderful event. Um, Billy works so hard behind the scenes. Billy works so hard; he does not get enough credit. Um, but trust me, baby, Paris is bumping. We are going to give you your flowers, Eel O'Neal. I am going to I. I don't want to say get that peeper, but just know that the peach <laughs> is going over. <laughs> oh my goodness, Eel O'Neal. I just can't wait. I think definitely super athletic Eel. I think our styles are going to clash very, very fluidly. So I'm excited for that one. Oh no, I'm excited as well. That match, <laughs> it, it's so good. And mm-hmm. like so many other matches on this card. Um, What was your, whenever, of course, this is the second Paris is bumping. What was your yes. reaction to the first one and, and the idea behind it? last year oh my goodness i loved it i think obviously that was a wonderful um you know show as well obviously standout performance for me would be candy lee's oh my god uh, wonderful yes. wonderful dance routine i'd love that um the matches on that were interesting too i love that it was kind of no ring as well um i don't think at that time i was <laughs> comfortable with doing the no ring <laughs> stuff but hey if paris is bumping ever returns and we're doing a no ring again count me in you know i got the i got the stunt <laughs> 
There you go. <laughs> uh, so I guess like as we like wind down a little bit here, like mm -hmm. seeing that you have these shows that are, you know, feature you and the intersectionality of you, as well mm -hmm. as the intersectionality of all these different communities that are carving their own paths and, and, and yes. spaces in pro wrestling. What do you hope the, the message is um, coming out of, whether it be Black Wrestlers Matter or Paris is Bumping mm -hmm. or anything else coming up going forward? What do you hope the, the, the conversation is around intersectionality coming out of these shows? Honestly, I just hope the conversation is just continuing to feature us, continuing to book us, don't just let June, you know, you know, for the LGBTQ community or February for the Black community be your only time that you feature us. Um, you know, year round, we deserve to be featured because we are stars. And I just hope that's, you know, what comes out of this. I just want us to be discovered. I just hope promoters are watching. I hope they're picking out, you know, people that they like um, because there's talent everywhere and we need to be featured. Mm. And to that mm -hmm. end, I, I've been very happy to see you pop up on like GCW and JCW shows mm -hmm. coming out of yeah. the WrestleMania weekend stuff and, and mm -hmm. on the other shows you've been in around with the collective. What's it been yes. like for you to see that those, like that presence pay off for you to be called back by Brett, you know, mm -hmm. someone who has such a big sway in the independent wrestling world? Oh my goodness. I, uh, honestly, I wasn't, you know, expecting it, but damn, I'm so grateful every time I get the opportunity to go back there and kill it um i just hope you know more opportunities like this continue to come and hopefully more of my sisters get to be featured as well um you know because we're all you're all up there i know chris valentine up uh, is up in that new jersey area i know um trained by amazing red she's waiting to pop off so that will be amazing <laughs> yes that is someone who like after seeing after seeing him at uh, the big gay block in january i immediately yep. wanted to see more of more of chris yes. valentine or christopher mm -hmm. valentine christopher right. valentine yes, yes. <laughs> i keep being Love reminded all <laughs> oh, right oh my gosh me too but hey that is the one <laughs> exactly exactly no and you know what i am excited to see you this weekend at black wrestlers matter 2 i'm mm -hmm. excited to see you at paris is bumping wherever else you pop up death match yeah. no ring with ring doesn't hey. matter it's all great devon thank you Who so knows? much for coming on the show um and taking the time today thank you thank you so much for having me i yeah. appreciate it no worries let everybody know where they can find you online oh my gosh you guys can find me on not me <laughs> you guys can find me <laughs> online um all of my social medias are at the devon monroe that's d-e-v-o-n-m-o-n-r-o-e um yeah that's period at the devon monroe <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thank you devon thank you i had fun Uh, thanks again to Devon for coming on the show. Uh, I am still amazed that his parents did, <laughs> thought he was too uncoordinated for sports growing up. Just it, that will that that little factoid will never leave my brain because like I, it just I, I don't I can't I can't ever see that in in watching Devon in the ring. He's just so good and such a such a sweetheart. I'm so happy that we had the chance to chat with him. Definitely. Check out Divine on Black Wrestlers Matter 2 coming up uh, this weekend, as well as the Ohio Triple Threat coming up this weekend as well. Um, all kinds of great um, Juneteenth shows that really showcase the intersectionality of, uh, of identities there. Um, yeah, and so much more to come as well as we uh, kind of head into the the last third of pride month here but uh, it's been a memorable one and there's plenty more memories to make um, and that starts um, 
it started earlier this month. It starts now. It starts next week whenever we have the business Billy Dixon back on the show again um, to chat. And it keeps going. Those memories keep going as we as we move forward. Um, that's that's what we're here to do. You gotta leave that mark. Uh, but that has been LGBT in the ring for this week. Uh, come back next week. Like I said, Billy Dixon's going to be here, and it's going to be fun. Uh, but until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Thank God E3's over. Everybody's ready to die. Bye. Everybody's ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. She made a deal with the